No more messing around with this thing. Andy Patton, the Yukon Huskies are the number one team in the nation. You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's up? Welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national hoop show out there. You know it. He's Andy Patton. I'm Isaac Shade. It's great to be here with you as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Andy, listen, finally, we got rid of college football. They had their conference championships. <laughs> so that means Saturday is ours, baby. That's yeah. right. You know it. College basketball is taking this thing by storm. It was a crazy and incredible Saturday of basketball for anybody who didn't lose. <laughs> uh, but it, speaking of which, one of those teams that lost is the undefeated number one team in the nation, the Houston Cougars, who had this game against Alabama. One coughed it up. And so the question we got to ask, are they still number one? Absolutely not. When the rankings refresh today, for those of you watching and listening, you might already even know, but depending on when. Uh, but let, let's start with Houston's loss, this game with Alabama, and then we'll get into who we believe should now be number one. What did you see in this game? Yeah, you know, it was, first of all, it was an incredible day of college hoops on Saturday. And uh, there, there could be a much larger conversation about how the sport really, really finally stepped up and had themselves a big game when they were going to have an audience, when there weren't college football games to watch, like you said. So I was happy to see the sport seem to rally together to put together some monstrous games like the ones that we got. This Houston-Alabama game was was a wild one. Houston was up 15 at one time, absolutely throttling the Crimson Tide, this team that scored over 100 points against North Carolina. Yeah, it took like 40 overtimes or whatever it was, but still uh, a very good offensive team. But we just saw Houston kind of collapse down the stretch. They couldn't buy a bucket. They struggled. For Alabama to win this game with Miller only having eight points, he really yeah. didn't have a good game at all one of the top freshmen in the entire country, 0 for 8 from the field. All of his points came at the free throw line, still managed to beat Houston. We're not talking about Bama, though. We're talking about Houston falling down the rankings after finally losing the game. They had had a couple close calls, close call with Kent State, close call with St. Mary's, two good, respectable mid-major programs. This was their first opportunity to really kind of showcase what they can do against right. an elite Power 5 program, a very athletic team in Alabama. And they choked it away, quite honestly. They, they should have won this game. They had a big lead. They looked fantastic. Jamal Shedd was incredible in this game. He struggled a little bit down the stretch, as did kind of everybody for Houston. But he had a really nice game. We saw Marcus Sasser really struggle in this one. He had some uh, injury issues going on as well. Uh, but honestly, this was the game necessary for us to really change things up at the top of the rankings. And that's, that's what's going to happen. Houston's going to fall down a few yeah. spots here, still a really, really good program, but it, it clears the door for, uh, for the Yukon Huskies to, to most likely take over as the number one team, or at least they certainly should take over as the number one team. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. As you said, Houston has been undefeated until mm -hmm. this loss, but there have been a couple shaky, mm -hmm. uh, not, not anything where I was like, Oh, they're going to lose, but like, right. they're not dominant. Mm -hmm. UConn 
Listen, let me give you some of these numbers, Andy, to help just everyone realize if you've not been paying attention to what's going on in New England, listen mm-hmm. to this. It's obviously UConn undefeated 11-0. Their average margin of victory is 26 and a half points. Every single win, all 11 of them has been by double digits. The most points they've allowed is 67. They, no one has scored 70 on them yet. Jeez. The fewest points they've scored is 71. Mm-hmm. And it's not like they're they're just running over cupcakes. There have been a few, like other teams, but they yeah. have five wins over teams that were top 55 Ken Palm teams at the time they played them. Oh, by the way, that was five games in a row. So, right. I mean, they're just rolling these teams. Yeah. Part of this is, my goodness, Adama Sinogo, if, if we're redoing the big five bigs, mm-hmm. Yeah. Today, I don't. I haven't stopped yet to think of who I'm cutting out. Probably Baycott or Hunter Dickinson. Yeah, or Trace Jackson Davis. Yeah, yeah, it could be. And obviously, Zach Eady is going to be in that mix. We'll talk about Purdue here in mm-hmm. a little bit. But man, Sonogo is the best player on the court, hands down. Mm-hmm. But then when he goes to the bench, you bring in freshman Donovan Klingon, who himself is averaging ten and a half points a game, seven rebounds, and two point one blocks a freshman doing more than anyone had anticipated yet. And listen, UConn is dominating college basketball right now, and no one's touching them in my book. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the front court, but even talking about the guard play too for this program, Jordan Hawkins has been fantastic this year, 14 and a half points per game for him. Tristan Newton, triple-double very early in the season, really impactful transfer for them, 10 points, four and a half boards, and four and a half assists per game. This is just an extremely well-rounded, deep team. They have six guys averaging over nine points per game. Uh, Just a, a really tough team that... Are they going to beat every team by double digits this year? Probably not. That would be unprecedented. But are they going to continue? They may not give up the spot at the number one for, for a while, quite honestly, especially with how the Big East has been this year as they get into conference play. Right. They're not going to go undefeated, I don't think, but no. there's a good chance that they stay up here for a while. That's true. And next Saturday is a pretty good test for them, heading to Butler, yeah. a true road game, uh, which, yes, should they win it? Absolutely. But sure. – uh, going to be an interesting uh, matchup there with the Bulldogs. Man, they should have won that national championship in 2010. Anyway, uh, if that shot had gone in, I, I think about that all the time. Okay, so Andy, I think part of this is one of the things we've started doing just about every Monday is unpacking our top five as it stands right now. Some of this is, I like it to be a little bit of a, what are you doing right now? Right. Thing. Um, and so here's my top five, and then I want to get yours. UConn, hands down. Right behind them is Purdue. I know they had to go to overtime to get past Nebraska on Saturday, but I'm still like everything Zach Eady is doing is just insane yeah. to me. And these are the only two teams that this week are worthy of number one consideration in my mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. Uh, right behind them. I'm not going to drop Houston too far. They're number three. Uh, and same thing with Texas. I know they lost to Illinois last mm-hmm. week, but Illinois is a really good team, even though they lost a game they shouldn't have later in the week. Yeah. But and I'm still believing in Texas as a well-rounded team, similar to what we've said about mm-hmm. UConn. And then I'm keeping Virginia in the top five. Um, I'm not going to punish them for having not lost yet, but Virginia Houston coming up this Saturday. Can't wait for that game either uh just to round out kind of what would be my top nine tennessee alabama kansas and arizona boy howdy i love the wildcats andy what about you what's your top five 
Yeah, it's a, it's a very similar looking list uh, for starters. The the same top three for me. UConn at the top. Uh, it's to me, it's indisputable. I, I understand the argument for Purdue, and it, it is there. It is an argument that you can make that is worthy of hearing out. But yeah. for me, I still got Purdue number two. I'm interested to see if their guards can keep this up. They have been fantastic this year. Of course, Zach Eady has been an absolute monster yeah. national player of the year front runner at this point. Right. And I'm with you. I'm not moving Houston down too far. Uh, again, they were. Up 15 in this game, which, you know, the, what matters is the end of the result. and the end of the game, they lost They lost to Alabama. But Alabama is a, a team that's yes. right on the cusp here, as yes. you said. They're on the cusp for me as well, a, a team that could very easily be in top five consideration for the AP poll, at the very least top 10. So I don't think you punish Houston too much for that. Uh, and then for me, I have Virginia at four. Uh, so, again, another undefeated team, a fantastic program that has really looked good this year under Tony Bennett. Uh, and then fifth for me, I'm actually bumping Texas out of my top five, and I am replacing them with the defending national champion, Kansas Jayhawks, who just Ooh. blew the doors off Missouri in a very recent game. Uh, Kansas has had a, had a really strong season. I think that they're right in that conversation as well. Jalen Wilson had a monster, monster game uh, against Missouri in that contest. And then for me, I also have four teams on the cusp. And guess what? It's the same four teams that you were talking about there. I have Tennessee. I have Alabama. I have Arizona. And then, of course, I have Texas in my as well. So we're talking about the same top nine teams. I think if you're rounding out the top 10, you probably Baylor, UCLA, maybe even Duke kind of in that conversation or Kentucky. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But uh, it's, it's, it's a different looking top 10 than we saw early in the season, but I still think there's a lot of really, really strong teams here at the top. And I think that's the thing is there's so many teams that I think we see as viable national champion or final four contenders. And that's part of what is making this season so exciting for us, Andy. Yeah, you know, and the funny thing is there's two other teams that are kind of top 20 teams that maybe not quite in that top 10 conversation. We talked about one of them is the Tennessee Volunteers. Creighton Blue Jays in that conversation as well. These two teams going in totally different directions right now. We're going to talk about them. Are we buying them? Are we selling? Are we holding on the Vols and the Blue Jays? Before we get there, though, today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's incredibly easy to create a free job post, so why not give it a try? Add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. You want to finish the year strong and the right new hire can help you do just that. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Thank you all for making Locked On College Basketball with myself and Isaac Shade, your first listen of the day. For your second listen today, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube, this app, and wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. All right, talking Tennessee Volunteers now. This is a program that has been on a very interesting streak. The, early in the year, we saw the loss to Colorado. And, and quite frankly, Isaac, I think I think a lot of people sort of ruled them out. That's right. It was a team that 
was right around the top 10 to begin the season. I believe they began 11th in the AP poll, a, a team that obviously had you know aspirations to compete in the SEC. And then we see this ugly game against the Colorado team that at the time had already suffered some pretty horrendous losses on their resume. What we've learned at this point is that Colorado is just one of the weirdest teams in all of college basketball and that Tennessee is actually really flipping good. Since that Colorado game, eight game win streak, it almost came to an end against the Terrapins on Sunday. They lost or they won 56 to 53. It got a little ugly at the end, but still a really nice performance from the volunteers. Want to talk a little bit about that game, Isaac, but first I really just want to get a sense from you. Like, are you buying into this eight game win streak team that all of a sudden looks much more like that top five team we saw early in the year? How, how are you feeling about the volunteers right now? Man, give me, give me all the vols. Um, I, I like, I, I have been even, even after that Colorado loss to me, this is very much a top 10 team. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was, it took the backcourt a while to get yeah. going. Um, keep in mind their best play, like their leading score, and I believe he's also their leading rebounder. Yeah, is freshman Julian Phillips, yep. who mm-hmm. is, man, the SEC is just loaded with yes. stud freshmen, and he is one of them. And so you're seeing this team start to um, develop, find some identity a little bit, and that's part of what happens when you've got a freshman who's likely your best player. Mm-hmm. Um, keep in mind Rick Barnes' teams are typically defensive juggernauts, and so yeah. that's going to travel even when they're not playing well uh, often as would have been the truth against Maryland. Yeah. And this was a weird game. Keep in mind, Maryland is a really good team, one that's kind of come out of nowhere. I know has taken losses in each of their last two games now, this one to Tennessee, and lost at Wisconsin the other night. And, I mean, it's a Big Ten away game. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. Wisconsin's good. They're going to guard the heck out of you, whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I mean, to your point – Tennessee was doubling up Maryland at halftime, 34-17, and then had to surrender. Like, Maryland got a three at the buzzer to tie it up and send it overtime, missed, and so it didn't. But, like, uh, so not a great closing for Tennessee, but check out this stat, Andy. This is blowing my mind. This is from Jared Benson, who is uh, a great statistics guy, used to be part of ESPN Stats and Info. Tennessee shot 28 point or did I say Benson Burson, excuse me, 28.8% from the field and 52.4% from the free throw line against Maryland and still won. over the last five seasons. D one teams that shoot under 30% from the field and under 55% from the line are five and 162. Yikes. <laughs> so 167 games where a team has shot that poorly and now they've won five of them. So Tennessee, uh, on one hand, offense has to get better still got to keep going. But the good news for the Vols is that the defense is there. And that's part of what is allowing me to buy into them per Ken Palm. They were number two before this game dropped down to three Houston jumps back up, mm-hmm. but the, the computers obviously believe in them. Yeah. They're going to stay a top AP top 10 team when things refresh on Monday. Uh, Andy, any anything for you on this game about Tennessee or Maryland for that matter? Well, Maryland shot two of 24 from deep, which I just like to bring up because that is, uh, yikes, <laughs> that is a problem. And part of that is obviously Tennessee's defense. Uh, you know, right. per- perimeter scoring is not is not entirely dependent on your own team. How, how you get defended matters. But still, two for 24 from deep that they just had one more. One more of them needed to go down, and they at least tie that game. Of course, we saw that last effort did not go down. Uh, but again, Maryland, this is a really tough matchup for them. I think they're still a solid squad, and I think that seeing them shoot two for 24 
is a little bit more about Tennessee than it necessarily is about Maryland, which is why I'm buying in as well. I'm in on the Vols. This is a solid team. We're talking about wins over Kansas, wins over Maryland, win over USC, who hasn't been great this year, but is still a solid Power 5 program. They blew out Butler. That's definitely notable. They also have blowout wins over not as good programs, but a solid team in Florida Gulf Coast and then Eastern Kentucky and Alcorn State as well. Uh, this is a solid squad. They're still barely top 50 in offense per Ken Palm, so they have some some room to grow there. But like we've talked about, really young team, uh, especially being led by Julian Phillips, a uh, really balanced scoring team. Santiago Vescovi is averaging 12 points per game. Tyreek Key, 11.5 points per game. Zakai Ziegler, just about 10 points per game. So it's, all your guards right there are basically right around each other. Scoring wise, uh, I think this is a really solid team and I'm buying in. Yeah, absolutely. And a weird game, only two score, one score for each team in double digits. Odd, (laughs) odd, odd. But again, that defense is going to keep traveling. Vescovy is a little banged up right now, folks. So keep your eyes on him as Mm -hmm. well. Well, if Tennessee is continuing to rise after that Colorado loss, Creighton is doing their best North Carolina imitation right now. The Tar Heels got off of their four-game schneid on Saturday against Georgia Tech, but Creighton now is in their own four-game free fall. Which, by the way, folks, let's just take a second, if we can, to pat Locked on College Basketball on the back. We (laughs) told you on Friday, right, BYU is not a good team, but I said, watch out for BYU at Creighton. I think the Blue Jays are going to lose again. Oh, and by the way, we'll get to these later, but we called St. Mary's over San Diego State, and we called Memphis over previously undefeated Auburn. All three games, unranked opponents over a ranked opponent. You need to be diving into Locked On College Basketball because we're bringing the heat. Anyway, Creighton uh, loses to BYU. Like To their credit, had a great comeback. BYU had this game basically wrapped up. Six turnovers for the Cougars down the stretch. Uh, uh, Creighton, I forget what the scoring streak was, but it like ridiculous. And yeah. BYU almost chokes it away, missed a couple free throws, but they're able to hang on. Now, we we do have to say before we even get into it, no Ryan Kalkbrenner for mm-hmm. Creighton. So that, is, that is a thing there. But still, you got to beat BYU if you're Greg McDermott's team. What did you see in this game, Andy? Yeah, I mean, no Kalkbrenner is obviously part of the story, but at the same time, like they they brought in another starter, Frederick King, took over, stepped in as the starting center, played 18 minutes, zero rebounds. You cannot have your backup center, especially when you're replacing Ryan Kalkbrenner, an elite scorer, an elite rebounder. You cannot have your backup center be a complete non-factor. Four points, three blocks, give him some credit there, but no rebounds. Here's the deal. The biggest story in this game, unquestionably, BYU absolutely dominated the glass, dominated the glass. 50 to 29 was the (laughs) rebounding advantage for BYU. This is not a great rebounding team for BYU. They have some talented players. Uh, Fasuni Traore is a very, very good young player. He's a sophomore over there. He had 11 points, 12 boards in this one. He's a fantastic rebounder. I can understand why he might hurt you on the glass, but you cannot get out-rebounded by 21 against a mid-major program like BYU. No disrespect to the Cougars, but this is also a team that hasn't looked all that good this year. Quite frankly, they haven't looked that good. The preseason projections have them like fourth or fifth 
in the WCC. They're behind, of course, Gonzaga. They're behind St. Mary's. San Francisco, Santa Clara are in that conversation as well. This looks like one of the weaker BYU teams of the WCC era, of course, as they are about to transition to the Big 12 era. Nice win for the Cougars. Hats off to them. But this this being the fourth loss in a row for Creighton as well. Look, the first two are understandable. Their first two losses in a row were to Texas and Arizona. Teams we have in our top nine. Right. Top nine teams, arguably top five teams. Arizona has a very strong argument to be a top five team. You can accept losing to those two teams. Nebraska, not a horrible loss, but not a great loss. But when you pair Nebraska and BYU back-to-back, you have to win one of those games. Frankly, if you want to be a top 15, top 10 team, as Creighton began the season in that conversation, you have to win both of them. For them to not win either of them, really, really rough for where Creighton is right now. Uh, I'm I'm, a, I'm holding because they didn't have Kalkbrenner. I don't want to full-on sell off on this team, right. but like – at this point, not only are they no longer even remotely close to being the favorites in the Big East because of what UConn has been able to do, I'm not sure that they're second. The the If you were to look at some of the, the Big East, if you look at the Ken Palm rankings in the Big East, they're still second in Ken Palm right now as we're having this conversation on Sunday evening. But Marquette and Xavier are right on their heels. Marquette, a nice win over Notre Dame. Of course, they blew the doors off Baylor earlier in the week, uh, earlier in the year, I should say. Xavier has obviously been a strong team throughout the season. I think Creighton is probably still right in that conversation, but it is not anywhere close to a lock that they finish in the top two in the Big East this year. Yeah, and what's interesting, I'm looking at some Ken Palm numbers right now. Four of the top 21 adjusted offenses in the nation are in the Big East, and none of them is Creighton. That's interesting. To me, they are actually fifth in the Big East in adjusted offensive efficiency. Crazy stuff there. Well, we've already talked about Houston losing their undefeated status on Saturday. But, oh, Andy Patton, there were two more undefeated teams that went down. We only got seven left in the nation. Who are the other two? We're going to talk about that in just a second. But first, this episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Here at Locked On College Basketball, we believe home should be where you and your family feel safest, especially this holiday season. So this season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system. That's Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering locked on college basketball listeners, Andy, 40% off a new security system. So don't put this off. Here's why I love it. My entire life is basically controlled by Alexa or a smart app or whatever it may be. And so I love that I can do that with Simply Safe as well. In fact, with this top rated Simply Safe app, you stay in complete control of your system. You can arm it, disarm it, unlock it for a guest, access your cameras, whatever you need to do to adjust system settings anytime anywhere from the app. So don't miss your chance to save big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on college today. Again, that's simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Cause you know what? There's no safe like simply safe. Okay, Andy. So it is our weekly run around the nation. Some quick hitters. We're going to talk about the two other undefeated teams that lost. But first, 
We are going to lowly division three. Why? Because my favorite team in the country is the Grinnell College there in Grinnell, Iowa. And if you've never checked in on this team, folks, go to YouTube right now and just look up Grinnell College basketball offense. What they do is their goal is to get down the court and chuck up a shot in the first like five to 10 seconds of the shot clock every time. Well, last Thursday, NCAA record 111 three-point attempts. Every field goal attempt they had in this game was a three. They made 40 of them and won 124 to, one, or to 67 over Emmaus Bible College. This record had stood since 92, 111 three-point attempts, Andy. I love it. Folks, go check out Grinnell College. Before I talk about the next game, I would love to figure out what happened to cause four free throw attempts to happen. Did they foul a three-point shooter? Because I feel like you would just put your hands up and not attempt to defend the three. Uh, anyway, we're going to talk about a different game, a Division One game, a top 15 game, right. in fact, between the Arizona Wildcats and the Indiana Hoosiers. First time they've ever played. This is the first time they've ever played. Oh, I never played that. each other in history. What a time for the first matchup between these two programs. Top 15. Of course, these two teams have been good for a long time, but still a tremendous game here. And Arizona just kind of kind of ran the table here. They got out to an early lead and just maintained the entire game. Azulis Tubelis looks like a legitimate Dark Horse Player of the Year candidate. 21.7 boards and three blocks in this one. Umar Bala, the transfer who followed Tommy Lloyd from Gonzaga to Arizona. He has been fantastic this season. 15 and 12. That's against Trace Jackson Davis and a very good front court at Indiana. Ballo put up 15 and 12. TJD himself only had 11 for the Hoosiers. Arizona, 10 more rebounds than Indiana. Really, really nice game, potentially putting them on the cusp, as we talked about in a previous segment, on the cusp of being a top 10 team in the country. Or top five team, I should say, in the country. Yeah, all in, all in on Tommy Lloyd's squad. Well, we said another couple undefeated teams fell. One of them were the Auburn Tigers. Shouts to our boss, Zach Blackerby, <laughs> uh, uh, the host of Locked On Auburn, because yep. we've been, he's been giving us a hard time because we've been poo pooing his Auburn Tigers a little bit. <laughs> and clearly now it's for good reason. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Auburn is, Auburn's a fine team. Um, and they're going to have uh, some some good run in the SEC this year. I legitimately think they'll be top, um, yeah. top half, uh, probably even top third of the SEC. But Memphis takes this game 82 to 73, knocks off another unbeaten team. And, and similar to what you said about Arizona over Indiana, it felt like Memphis basically controlled this game from the tip. Kendrick Davis, one of the best players in the nation, uh, is going to be definitely considered for All-American status. As we go, if you haven't seen him in action, check him out. 27, 9, and 6 in this one. Struggle for, for some of Auburn's backcourt, which Auburn's going to go as their backcourt goes this year. Katie Johnson and Wendell Green a combined 1 for 11 from deep. Yeah, next up, the St. Mary's Gales, a battle of mid-major programs out on the West Coast, two of the very best that are not named the Gonzaga Bulldogs. St. Mary's won over San Diego State at the time, number 22 ranked Aztecs. Freshman Aiden Mahaney is a name to keep an eye on for the Gales. He was a, a high-ranking recruit uh, from Australia. They have a tremendous pipeline over there at St. Mary's. He had 20 points on six of nine shooting in this game, just calm cool, collected, set down a very good San Diego State team. Uh, St. Mary's defense is now sixth in the country oh. at Ken Palm. 
Sixth in the entire country, and they've always been a top defensive team. This has been their their MO for, for decades, quite frankly. Uh, but for them to now be a borderline top five team in the entire country in defense, they're 22nd overall in Ken Palm. They have an ugly loss to the University of Washington, which is kind of holding them back a little bit. But honestly, this is, in my mind, this is right around a top 25 team. 22nd in Ken Palm, like I said, this is a team that, that should be in that conversation, especially as they get into conference play. You love to see it. Speaking of mid-majors that were ranked preseason, what has happened to Dayton? Yeah. They're down to like 70-something at Ken Palm after starting the season in the 20s. Well, one more SEC team that was undefeated that is no longer Kansas heads Mm -hmm. to Mizzou and throttles, absolutely dominates the Tigers, 95-67. They are no longer undefeated. Again, we're down to just seven undefeateds. Jalen Wilson, as Andy said earlier, is just a dude. Grady Dick, I love this man. Mm -hmm. Uh, Freshman, uh, might be the Big 12 freshman of the year. Going to have to keep tab. Well, Keontae George, that's going to be a fun race to watch. Anyway, uh, had a great game. Kevin McCuller is coming on. 21 points, five steals, Andy. For Mr. McCuller, ridiculous stuff there. Kansas keeps on coming. That roster, to look at it, isn't sexy, but boy, does Coach Bill Self know how to coach him up. Absolutely. Final game that we want to talk about here, the Futility Bowl, (laughs) a matchup between the Louisville Cardinal and the Florida State Seminoles. Louisville? What are you talking about, Louisville? So rough. Louisville lost here 75 to 53 to Florida State. My goodness. This is just just a horrendous basketball team, quite honestly. Just I know that they could have made some more additions in the transfer portal. They obviously chose not to do so for whatever reason. We're looking at a team that and it's like this is not a good Florida State team either. They're two and nine on the season. They have not looked good in virtually any of the games that they have played this year. The fact that they blew out Louisville says a lot more about the Cardinal than it says about Florida State. A disaster season continues uh, for Kenny Payne over at Louisville. Uh, They are now one of two winless teams in Division One. There are two of them. Both of them are power five schools for anybody out there wanting to take a guess. Isaac, perhaps wanting to take a guess at who that other program is. Oh, I know it, but I'll give you three seconds, everyone. One, two, three. It's the California Golden Bears out in the Pac-12. What a rough, rough season for a handful of teams at the power five level. You oh, hate it's so bad. It's it. painful. <laughs> All right, folks, that is a weird but fun note for us to end the show on. Thank you all so much for making Locked On College Basketball your first listen of the day. Again, for your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. Biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and, of course, the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Please make sure that you like, subscribe, comment on our YouTube channel here. If you haven't done so yet, just go to YouTube, search Locked On College Basketball, hit that big red subscribe button. Until tomorrow, peace. peace.